meeting of the City of Bell Planning Commission is called to order at 7 o'clock p.m. Before we get started, I'd like to remind commissioners of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, commissioners and participants should remain muted when not speaking. If commissioners or participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time. A random order voice vote will be administered by city staff for each vote. The Planning Commission meeting is being conducted utilizing teleconferencing and electronic means as led by Government Code Subdivision 54953E and Resolution Number 1089-21, reaffirmed January 10th, 2023. Members of the public may provide audio public comment by connecting to the teleconference meeting online or by telephone. Use the raise hand feature to request to speak. That's star nine on the telephone. Automatically generated captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the live transcript button. Teleconference meeting details are available on the Planning Commission meeting agenda. Comments on matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time the chair calls the item for all communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time the chair closes the public hearing on the agenda item. Speakers are requested to keep their comments to no more than three minutes and time limits will be enforced. Guidelines are posted on the Planning Commission meeting agenda. City staff, may we please have the roll call? Commissioner Howe? Present. Vice Chair Glesias? Present. Commissioner Cerrone? Present. Commissioner Howard? Right here. Chair Pine? Present. Commissioner Wise? Present. Commissioner Shukla? Present. We have seven commissioners present. Thank you. That brings us to oral communications. As a reminder to the public, please raise your digital hand or dial star nine on the telephone if you wish to address the Planning Commission on a topic that is not on tonight's agenda. City staff will ask you to unmute your microphone when it is your turn to address the Planning Commission. City staff, do we have any members of the public wishing to speak under oral communications? Yes, Chair, we have one hand raised. Okay, I see uh, Albert Luster. Uh, you will be unmuted, and when you are unmuted, you will have three minutes to address the Planning Commission under all communications. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Albert Lustre with uh, Northern California Carpenters Local Union 405. And today I want to talk about the how it's great to see, see, see that we have great projects coming to, uh, to our city. But we often forget to think about the workforce is going to build these projects in our community. I need to speak on the needle area level standards implementation in the city of Sunnyvale, which include livable wage, healthcare, apprenticeship, and local hire. It's important to have having a livable wage because help the working men and women be able to balance wages with a current inflation rate that has skyrocketed in the last two years and be able to afford rent in the community and provide the best needs for his family. Healthcare, since healthcare is a necessity for all humans, we cannot have our members of our community seek medical attention because their, their employer does not provide any healthcare benefits. Instead, they become a burden to our medical system. Apprenticeship programs, it provides a pathway for minorities, women at risk youth into the construction industry and it gives the working class citizens the skills and talents to build any project and also 
a shot to the American dream. By hiring locally ensures that our citizens have more time to spend time with their family and being involved in the community instead of spending time on the road and trying to make ends meet. I would like to the community and the elected officials, what are we doing to ensure that we protect our workforce by implementing areas, area labor standards in our city? Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Lester. Uh, I see no other hands under oral communications, so I will move on to the consent calendar. Since we move, remain in a virtual setting, I will ask my colleagues to use the virtual raise hand feature to indicate that they wish to speak. Uh, city staff, do we have any members of the public wishing to speak on a consent calendar item? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. I will now ask for a motion from my colleagues. Commissioner Howe. Move the consent calendar. Commissioner Weiss. Second. City staff, please conduct a random order voice vote. Commissioner Cerrone. Yes. Commissioner Weiss. Yes. Chair Pine. Yes. Commissioner Howard. Yes. Commissioner Shukla. Yes. Commissioner Howe. Yes. Vice Chair Iglesias. Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses. Thank you. So that brings us to public hearings, general business. Our one item today is file number 23-0253, proposed project, adopt a resolution for a specific plan amendment to modify block 20 of the downtown specific plan to allow additional residential units and office square footage and associate modifications to design guidelines and development standards and general plan amendment to reflect increases in projected build-out in the land use and transportation element. The location is 510 and 528 South Matilda Avenue and 562 and 568 South Matilda Avenue. Is there a staff report? Yes, there is, Chair. Good evening, Planning Commissioners and Chair Pine. My name is Margaret Netto, Senior Planner. This is a public hearing for a specific plan amendment to modify block 20 of the DSP or the downtown specific plan to allow additional residential units and office square footage and associated modifications to design guidelines and development standards and a general plan amendment to reflect increases in the projected build out in the land use and transportation element or the loot. Next slide. One moment, please. It looks like we experienced a technical a technical okay. difficulty, but we'll get that up in one moment.
we go back to slide two? Or are you still setting up? Give us one second, Margaret. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, am I supposed to go or not? <laughs> I thought I was pressing the right button. Just let me know when you're ready. That part. Sorry, guys. That one. Oh, yes. I think so. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Give us a couple more minutes. <laughs> Okay, Margaret, we're back on. <laughs> Got you on the second slide. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, here's a background slide. On December 12th, um, 2022, the Planning Commission held a public hearing regarding the amendments to the general plan into Block 20 of the Downtown Specific Plan. The Planning Commission provided a recommendation to City Council, and the Council subsequently took action on January 10th, 2023. However, several of the members of the public who spoke at the council hearing expressed concern that they had not received a notice to the hearing. After review, it was determined that proper noticing had not occurred and that a new set of planning commission and city council public hearings should be held. Since the project will have a public hearing, will have new public hearings, the city council rescinded their action on January 24th, 2023. As part of the new consideration of this project, the planning commission will also have to rescind their recommendation from December 10th, 2022 and make a new recommendation. And that'll be on the last thought, last slide of this. Um, the proper notification has been conducted, which includes notices sent to the interested parties and property owners and tenants within 2000 feet of the DSP block 20, a newspaper ad um, published in the sun and on-site posting was also done. Um, staff's, however, staff's analysis of the proposed amendments and recommendation to City Council is unchanged. Next slide. 
Um, the general plan initiation on May 8, 2018. Council approved the general plan initiation requested by two property owners to allow additional residential units and commercial beyond what was established in the DSP. Council provided direction of what to study, the study of the following to include the entire block 20, as you can see there on the map, change of land use designation from high density residential office to mixed use, increase the maximum number of dwelling of residential units from 51 to 103, increase the maximum office commercial area from 16,400 to 36,500, um, update the development standards and design guidelines for the proposed changes and no increase in height limit. Next slide. The proposed project. The two applicants have provided conceptual projects that help inform the amendments 510 and 528 South Matilda Avenue and 562-568 South Matilda Avenue. The DSP amendment provides additional resident residential units and office square footage and provides modifications to the design guidelines and development standards. The GPI would increase in projected build out of the loot. Next slide. This is conceptual project number one. This is 510, 528 South Matilda. Um, this project includes redevelopment of two parcels totaling about 0.72 acres with a four to five story mixed use building, including about 10,000 square feet of ground floor um, office and commercial and 43 to 46 residential units above. Next slide, please. Um, this is conceptual plan two for 562-568 South Matilda. Um, conceptual plans for this project includes redevelopment of two parcels totaling 0.44 acres with three to four story mixed use building, including about 4,240 square feet of ground floor office space. Next slide. The residential and commercial allocation. Under the current DSP, the residential allocation is 51 units, 51 dwelling units. Staff recommends 70. Um, allocated per parcel based on parcel size and percentage it occupies on the block. Additional housing units could be achieved through the city's, through the use of the city's green building incentive program and state density bonus provisions. The applicant's concept project proposes about 86 units. For the commercial allocation under the current DSP allows up to 16,400 square feet total office use. Based on staff's recommendation, the commercial and office space would increase from 16,400 to 30,348 square feet and allow for a net new build out of approximately 4,070 square, 4, square feet of commercial office. Next slide. And to summarize the recommendations, um, in chapter five, the DSP We've updated Block 20 and Table 5.1 land uses and intensities to reflect the following changes. Change the high density residential to downtown mixed use. Update downtown mixed use acreage from 1.49 acres to 1.63 acres. Remove the historic designation, I mean, remove the historic resource reference to 568 South Matilda Avenue. Update the allowable residential units on Block 20 from 51 to 70 units. Change the maximum allowable office commercial from 16,400 
to 30,348 square feet, maintaining the maximum building height to 40 feet, and then um, update the allocated housing units in Appendix A, design guidelines for Block 20, and update the build-out scenario in the loop. Next slide. Public outreach. A neighborhood outreach meeting um, was held. A virtual outreach was hosted by the applicants on July 14, 2021. The meeting was attended by 40 participants. Attendees, comment, attendees had comments and questions related to redevelopment of Block 20, height and massing, future bike lanes on Matilda, and impacts on traffic and schools. There was an overall concern about massing and privacy impacts to the adjacent dwelling units. And then on November 20th, on November 21st, 2021, the Planning Commission held a study session and reviewed the DSP. Um, comments included privacy issues, building height transition to existing residential and utilizing state density bonus units as part of the DSP. Next slide. And the recommendation. Recommendation, um, addendum to the downtown specific plan, final EIR, um, staff recommends alternatives 1, 2A, and 2B to resend the December 12, 2022 Planning Commission um, actions associated with Block 20, recommends City Council accept the addendum to the previously certified 2020 um, DSP and EIR and to adopt a resolution to amend the general plan and downtown specific plan and approve the DSP amendments for Block 20 and adopt a resolution to the land use and transportation element of the general plan. Um, that concludes my staff report. We also have Pat Angel here from Ascent. He is our environmental consultant and the applicants are also here um, to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, since you remain in a virtual setting, I will ask my colleagues to use the virtual raise hand feature to indicate that they wish to speak. Uh, first up is Commissioner Howard. Thank you, Chair, and thank you, Ms. Ditto. Uh, a quick question is, I, I thought this seemed awfully familiar, so it's it's nice to know that we're processing the way we did before. Have there been any changes to what we're being asked to approve tonight relative to what we approved, um, I believe it was December? Or is it no, this? No changes whatsoever. Cool, thank you for clarifying that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I actually did have a question and this was to some, this is to some extent inspired by some of the things I heard at the city council hearing on this item. But uh, on page 10 of attachment one, there is a comment that says, and I'll just read from it. One additional item of note is that the apartment complex directly to the east of Block 20 actually has a 50-foot height limit. The likelihood of these sites redeveloping is reduced due to other complications with state laws and existing affordability and relocation. Uh, could staff elaborate on this analysis? Like, what, like why kind of go into more detail on why staff does not believe those sites, that site in particular, is likely to redevelop? Martha, you want me to get that one? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no problem. Um, the reason why we had that in our analysis is because of um, the Housing Accountability Act. It has a bunch of triggers for affordable housing, which require um, basically that you have to replace the exact same number of units 
um, around the same price range, or you have to do relocation, which is um, just as expensive as building the units and trying to maintain them. So there are quite a few units on that site, and I, we just think that the ability for it to be redeveloped would be pretty costly for anybody. Thank you. And I see we have a couple more hand, commissioner hands that have popped up, so I'll go to Commissioner Cerrone. So uh, my question is uh, actually very similar to what Chair Pine just asked. I was uh, 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 asking about those uh, six units uh, that you just discussed. Um, uh, so you answered the first part of it. it, is, it is there anything in the uh, recommended actions for Block 20 that would uh, change the status of those uh apartment units. Hi, Commissioner Cerrone. So the, um, it'd be a similar situation for the, the units that exist on Sean Turney's site. Um, uh, SB 330 or the Housing Accountability Act would still apply to those units. So they'd have to basically to determine the income levels of the tenants that are there and then come up with a relocation plan and relocation assistance for them. Okay, but, but nothing we're talking about here for Block 20 would change that, uh, right? Uh, no, it wouldn't, because it's a state law requirement. Yeah, yes. Uh, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, next up, Commissioner Howard. Thank you. Thanks again, Chair. Uh, a quick question. Do you happen, do you staff happen to know the height of the buildings that are just east of Block 20, the, the, the apartment buildings that buffer into the neighborhood? I'm guessing they're around 30-ish feet. Yeah, I would, they're two, they're two stories. So yeah, it's around 27 to 30 feet, probably. All right, uh, thank you for that. Thank you. And seeing no other questions, I will, from commissioners at this time, I will open the public hearing and uh, since this is a, a land use item, we will have, uh, we will start with applicants who will be limited to a maximum of 10 minutes for opening comments and then five minutes for closing comments at the end after we've heard from the rest of the public. And we actually have two applicants on this item, although I don't, what, so, so, uh, First, we will go to Sean Creamy, applicant owner 510 and 528, South Matilda. I don't actually see your hand up, but if you want, but you are at this time, you are welcome for 10 minutes for opening comments. You don't have to. <laughs> they were pretty quiet at the uh, city council meeting. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, this is a new, this is a new public hearing, so. Uh, Mr. Creamy, you've been unmuted. Uh, just, uh, this has been a very long, long process, uh, and, uh, to, to go through this uh, and uh, the way I look at it is uh, Matilda 
where we at is uh, opening to downtown Sunnyvale. And as we all know, downtown Sunnyvale has been going through major renovations for the last 10 years or so. And it's going to be a beautiful, gorgeous place. So Matilda, this is a gateway to downtown. And uh, what we're proposing, it's going to be taking away those older buildings and putting gorgeous building that matches what was started in downtown Sunnyvale. And uh, as I said, we've been going through this for the last five, six years. And uh, I just want to thank everybody on the panel, everybody in the city of Sunnyvale to help us to get through this process. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Karimi. Uh, well, next in order would be from uh, applicant number 562-568, Seth Matilda, but I do not see Mr. Tahiri or anybody, and Steph can correct me on this, representing that applicant here. So I am going to go to the rest of the public. Uh, since you remain in a virtual setting, I will ask the public to use the virtual race hand feature or star nine on a telephone to indicate that they wish to speak. City staff will ask you to unmute your microphone when it is your turn to address the Planning Commission. City staff, do we have any members of the public wishing to speak on this item? Yes, Chair. Okay, and I will just do my usual disclaimer for Zoom, which is that I will call your Zoom name if you're if you wish to be identified by something other than your Zoom name, please say that at the beginning of your comment, because as we all know, your Zoom name and your actual name sometimes are not the same. Uh, first up will be Erin uh, Jew, followed by Melissa Hamilton. Hi, I'm Erin Jew, and I was calling because, or I'm, I was recalling that a few years ago, I went to a meeting where they were discussing bike lanes on Matilda. And as you know, there's a bike lane pretty far north of this section and there's a bike lane south of the section. And a question came up is, how are we going to connect those bike lanes? And at that meeting several years ago, I think it was before the pandemic, they said, well, as different sections of land become developed along Matilda and they're requesting permits to redevelop, that will be the, the t point in time where uh, bike lanes will be put in because part of the uh, permitting process might require them to give up a couple feet of land to make room for bike lanes. And so this seems like that's that's the sort of situation we're in now and i just would like to know if uh, bike lane is going to be in front of this block 20 on matilda thanks thank you uh next up is melinda hamilton followed by bill weaver hi uh melinda hamilton um I am so excited to have the opportunity to address you tonight because the first time you guys had this uh, the meeting to discuss this project, 
um, even though there was a noticing map, um, I was not noticed. And I didn't even know the meeting was happening back in November, December, whenever it happened. So um, I know it's been a long process for all of you, but most of the people I suspect on this call tonight, this is the first chance they've had to weigh in on this. Um, my concern has to do with when you are increasing the number of housing units and increasing the number of office, you know, the increasing the square footage of office space and say that you're not including, you're, it's disingenuous to say you're not going to change the height because we all know that there's state law that can overrule the city that will then allow for higher density, which automatically raises the height. So it's extremely misleading to members of the public to put in a staff report. And I know it's, I know it's accurate. I know it's factually accurate, but it's extremely misleading to put in that the height is going to stay the same with the additional housing units and the additional square footage when the state can go in and say, you automatically have the right to build even more. Um, I don't mind seeing it redeveloped. I don't have a problem with that, but I think that if you're going to say it's 40 feet, it needs to stay 40 feet or something close to that even after the state bonuses are built in. And I was um, very appreciative about the, the answer to the question about the units to the east. I live on South Tafe, just on the other side of those units. Um, I also spent eight years on the city council, and I know that once one part of a neighborhood gets redeveloped, the rest of it will get redeveloped too. And at some point it will become cost efficient enough for them to relocate those things and put in new housing. And it's R4 zoning next to R0 zoning, which is just incredibly wrong for so many reasons. But um, I think that if you have the buildings on Matilda going higher, that's going to co provide cover for the buildings that are off of Olive between Matilda and TAFE to get higher. And um, higher buildings could be get higher buildings. So I would encourage you not to make the changes um, to keep the square footage and the housing units where they are because you know that the state is going to come in and increase those not those numbers somewhat no matter what you do. And if you give them even more leeway now, that means that there's just going to be more piled on top of it um, later when the state comes in and you won't be able to stick to the 40-foot height. And um, I think that I would prefer to see it if you can build it within the 40 feet height limit after the state bonus is fine. I don't think you can. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Hamilton. Uh, next up is Bill Weaver followed by Paul King. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, I am right there with, Matilda, with uh, Melinda. Um, one, uh, as she mentioned, this is the first time for most of us because the notification did not go out to the neighbors the first time around, so it's old hat to you, brand new for us. Um, uh, Melinda used all the good stuff already, basically, um, by allowing more housing units, the applicant will undoubtedly go to the state, and suddenly we're going to have a 60-foot monolith, even though we're saying, oh, it's only going to be 40 feet. No, it's not. Um, I was around when they built the Cherry Chase Center over here. It was supposed to be three stories tall. I watched it being built, and it got to three stories. I go, oh, they put the roof on it. Four stories, okay, put the roof on it. Five stories, then they put the roof on it, okay? This is a very bad spot for something that big. A big slab like that in that small lot, no, no, very bad idea. Uh, I would also address the applicant, unfortunately only one of which has bothered to show up, um, that 
even though the city didn't address everybody, it would have been nice if they had made more of an effort. I mean, putting up a sign is lovely, but that doesn't really inform your neighbors. If you're going to be a developer anywhere, it would be nice if you were a nice neighbor as a developer. Let people know what you're going to do. Um, people are a lot more cooperative if they're included in the information. So uh, circling back, I'm very unhappy with the idea of this thing being uh, 60 feet tall. As Melinda mentioned, just because you say it's going to be 40, when they go to the state, the state's going to go, oh, yeah, well, you're allowing 100 and uh, you know, whatever housing units. Yeah, you can go 60 feet tall. This would be very, very bad for that spot. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Weaver. Uh, next up is Paul King, and I don't have any hands up after Mr. King. So if you want to speak to this item, uh, please get your hands up now. Hi, um, this is Paul King here. I'm also in the 500 block of Tape Street. Um, I think I'm one of the naive people that Melinda mentioned uh, because I actually believed what I was reading in the documents. The staff kind of you know, took the directive of the city council, which said, do not change the current heights, namely 40 feet at the north end of the block and 40 or possibly even 30 feet at the south end, depending on how you interpret their instructions. My interpretation of what the city council was saying in regard to the 562 and 568 properties, because they were designated as office, was that those would be 30 feet. And just because you've changed the designation of the space to, uh, what was it, downtown mixed use, that seems irrelevant. The, the instructions from the city council was to keep it to what it, the limits of what it was as an office, which is 30 feet. Um, that is my interpretation of what the city council instructions were. Um, I'm not sure with, whether the staff could speak to that. But uh, it seems like, you know, I realize now Melinda's point that is, you know, and I get it too. I realize these are kind of target target heights and there are all sorts of rules, some the city has control over and some it does not from the state where these things are going to be expanded. Um, but you know, the, the point was from the city council to try and keep these at those limits, 40 feet at the north end. And I believe my interpretation is 30 feet at the south end. I'm gonna jump to another topic. Um, one thing we're gonna follow as we go forward with this is the width of the sidewalks and the design of the driveway um, in terms of walkability and safety. I wanna point out that the Silicon Sage building in the middle of all this is a pretty good model. The sidewalks are wide, 10 feet. The setback is ample, 10 feet. And the, the driveway exit comes up and levels out before it hits these areas. The most dangerous intersection for me walking my dogs is by Whole Foods. There's a ramp up from a below ground parking lot that has no, uh, no leveling. And essentially I, I cross the street. I can't, you go over there, you stick your head around the corner and you hope. Um, I just don't want to see that again. That's not pedestrian friendly. That's not safe. 
Um, Silicon Sage is actually a pretty good model of what the front should be like. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mr. King. Uh, next up is Ray Johnston, followed by Laurel. Can you hear me? Good evening. My name is Ray Johnson. Let's discuss traffic. Years ago, the Matilda El Camino intersection was rated F. It surely isn't better now. Every project's traffic impact is treated as a separate event, resulting in a series of no significant impact statements. Where is the traffic study that shows the cumulative effect that each of the following will have at the current DSP max allowance and compare those numbers to the impact after allowing all the SDPs and multiple other allowances, then compare those two with the current traffic. We are looking at <clears throat> future impacts in addition to the two block 20 developments from the Minkoff project, the Bank of America project, development for Chase and the property across the street, Wells Fargo, and the property on the east side of Matilda between Iowa and McKinley. There is all of this talk about solving the traffic problem in Sunnyvale traffic isn't going to be improved by violating the current DSP for the Matilda corridor. Please, each of you tell us how you justify increasing the density allowed with or without the allowances from the DSP, SB, SDPs is going to improve the traffic flow and not negatively impact the quality of life for our current residents. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Johnson. Uh, next up is Laurel. And right now I have Laurel as the last public, as the last hand up. So if you're planning to speak again, now is the time to raise your hand. All right. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can. All right. Um, so I, um, my name's Laurel. I live on uh, TAFE and I would be directly behind uh, this project, um, except, you know, on Tafe Street. Um, I am really in favor of this uh, developer sticking to the 40-foot height limit. Um, and I'd like to ask staff uh, to come up with uh, how tall is, our, is the building, is the Silicon Sage building, as far as how tall is the building itself, and then how tall are the additional turrets, um, kind of, uh, that are on the top. Um, I am hoping, I'm thinking those are 40 foot and that would really help us since last meeting, it was told, we were told there could not be story poles. I think the Silicon Sage building works quite well for a story pole for the people on Tafe Street to walk and see how tall this building would be. Silicon Sage seems adequate. It's, it's okay to go above that. Um, I think is just really wrong. Um, we went over there today. I'd like to uh, affirm what Paul King said. We measured the sidewalk in front of Silicon Sage as 10 feet wide, which includes trees, street lamps. The setback to the Silicon Sage apartments is an additional 10 feet. It's, it is gorgeous to talk uh, to the developer. It is a gorgeous building. Uh, the setback's good, has landscaping. Um, 
what you'll notice with that is a car can come out of that garage, level out before a pedestrian could even be hit. The car is visible to the pedestrian because cars need to be not just be able to see out, but pedestrians need to see the car. Um, so that 10 foot setback, I, I would like to uh, strongly recommend for the building itself. I'd like to recommend that the trees on the east side of the property between Olive um, or between the new development and the old apartment buildings be left because they leave a good buffer. A lot of birds, animals live in those trees. Um, as far as um, I'd like to ask, what are what's the percentage of affordable apartments here that um, are required by the state? What we'd like to see as neighbors is affordable apartments, not luxury apartments, but apartments that our neighbors can live in uh, without costing over half of their paychecks. We welcome this development. We welcome new residents and new neighbors. Um, but let's stay to the 40 feet and uh, make this a qual quality uh, building that Sunnyvale can be proud of. And it can be safe for pedestrians, bikers, and cars. Thank you very much. Thank you, Laurel. And that was my last public speaker. So we will bring it back to the applicant. Uh, you have five minutes for any closing comments if you wish to address any of the remarks made by members of the public. You have five minutes. Yeah. Mr. Creamy? Yeah. yeah. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, I mean, when I started this uh, process uh, back in 2016, we had a uh, number of uh, meetings with city staff and city planners, and each part of the project uh, took a long time to, to be worked out. This was not just happen overnight. So everybody was conscientious of any changes that's going to be happen in a neighborhood. So uh, again, uh, this improvements is just gonna add to Matilda. We have the city of Sunnyville building going up, which is a gorgeous building with a park in front of it. And our two buildings is just by changing them, it's just going to add to the neighborhood. Matilda is a beautiful street, is a, is, a, is an opening to the Sunnyville downtown. And uh, we have worked with the planners, with the city of Sunnyville, in the last five, six years to cover every aspect and concerns. Again, uh, I appreciate all the inputs. Uh, and uh, I thank the commissioner. I thank everybody, all the staff in the city of Sunnyvale. Uh, I have nothing further to say. Thank you. 
Thank you, Mr. Creamy. Uh, with that, I will close the public hearing and I will now, well, I'll now ask for a discussion or a motion from my colleagues, but I actually had a question for staff first, which is, could you comment on what the required uh, setbacks slash setbacks and uh, sidewalk uh, requirements are for this site? I did actually double check right now in the amendments, but I didn't see them. So, and I don't have the full downtown specific plan in front of me. So I was just curious what those were slash would be if we adopted this. I'm sorry, I turned my on mute there. Um, the sidewalk width is supposed to be 14 feet along Matilda. Um, and I think that's what we applied at the Silicon Sage site. Um, there'll also be a bike lane. Um, so the buildings would be built up to the back of that 14 foot mark. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I will now ask for a discussion or a motion from my colleagues. Uh, Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, uh, I had a question about, this came up in earlier earlier meetings, but my understanding was that uh, we cannot legally, if we think there's a potential density bonus of, let's say, 10 feet, we can't down zone the buildings by 10 feet in anticipation of that uh, uh, density bonus. Is, is that correct? Uh, I'll give it a shot and Rebecca you can chime in if you need to. <laughs> um, that is correct. Uh, state law does limit on um, what the city can do. So basically since the sites do have an allocated unit count as, as it is right now and a height limit that it currently exists at 40 feet for the residential components, we can't change that because that would be downsizing it. And uh, thank you. Uh, and my other question is uh, regarding the bike lanes, which uh, which came up. I believe I asked this question when we first talked about this, and also when we talked about the uh, uh, the joinery building on the other side of Olive. Uh, uh, it had been my understanding that when the uh, uh, buildings, when a, a particular site is redeveloped, that that uh, as was mentioned, the uh, the uh, bike lanes would be uh, uh, upgraded as part of that. But I believe the discussion we had was that uh, that's not true in this case. But that putting a bike lane down Matilda is. Uh, part of the uh, active transportation plan, uh, which, although it's currently not funded, that the plan is to uh, put in the bike lane there as part of the active transportation plan. So, uh, as a result, it's it's not uh, uh, expected of the developers to, you know, add bike lanes or, or put any any sort of bike infrastructure in to accommodate that. Is that correct? Um, generally, what would happen is um, either we would, if it's just one segment of a block, we'd probably just get the easement and have that in place, and then we'd have to get the other easements to kind of fill it in. Um, but it is also in the downtown specific plan for the, the bike lane from uh, El Camino down to Evelyn. Okay. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Shukla. Thank you, Chair. Um, I I have just one concern that these plots are small, and um, as I understand that Matilda is like a high traffic area, uh, and we are going to have two major driveway once these projects are implemented. Uh, there will be a lot of slowdown on that road because that's the only one way to go into the plot. And there will be uh, considering the amount of housing units, um, the the parking is going to be a major problem for the residents. But I know, I mean, I don't see this. I, I just don't see the solution, but I wish uh, uh, that I hope that the city staff uh, may do some studies like even uh, just combining uh, or estimating uh, uh, the number of traffics will happen in uh, considering these two projects will be fully implemented. Uh, what will happen along with the, uh, the just recently uh, approved project because that driveway is on uh, on Olive, so it's not going to stop at the Matilda, and that we discussed a lot in that project. So. This is going to be at the junction of the El Camino and just before the olive. So that's the only concern I have, but I know it's a little bit further in the, in the plan, but um, other than that, I have, um, I just, I could see that it, it is, it's going to, it's part of the uh, general plan and it's a, added the specific plan. So I think I can see that it fits very well for the downtown, uh, but those traffic, will be a little bit concerned for the residents around the neighborhood. That's it. That's my just comment. I don't know whether uh, anybody has any uh, answer or solution or studies. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Shukla. Uh, Vice Chair Iglesias. Thank you, Chair. Um, this is an interesting one simply because in some ways it feels like our role feels a bit perfunctory. Um, in a sense that I'm hearing obviously from the community that's expressing concerns. Um, and then also there's certain state laws that are sort of binding as well. So it's it's very tough being on a commission in this position, trying to find a, a healthy, meaningful compromise. And so I'm, I'm just sharing that with my fellow commissioners, Commissioner Sorna, I appreciate uh, and hear your question to confirm, you know, our own limits of what we can and can't really influence. Um, and I'm just curious asking of my fellow commissioners if they see other ways um, that, we, that we can represent the community in a way that's effective because I'm personally feeling like my hands are a bit tied. Thank you. Uh, the chair would observe that I believe we do have just and Steph can yell at me if I'm if I'm if I'm incorrect here, but I believe we do have discretion as to what to recommend vis-a-vis -vis the total number of units or such that we don't actually downzone. Like we don't we can't we couldn't go below we couldn't downzone below. Below, uh, I believe it's 53 current units, but we do have dis and we can't lower the height limit. But we do have discretion beyond what is as to what we would recommend that is beyond the current 
zoned amount. And Steph, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on the law. Mr. Mendren? You're not wrong on the law. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but yeah, our hands are kind of tied for what's there now um, and what whatever we approve um, to allow additional units is what would be locked in in the future. And then they can still apply state law and um, different affordability uh, unit counts to get increases in height and units. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And uh, Commissioner Howard. Sure, if you're ready for a motion, I'm happy to make a motion. I'm ready for a motion. Right on. Uh, I move the staff recommendation, alternatives 1, 2A, and 2B. One, to rescind this, the December 12th, 2022 Planning Commission recommendation to City Council in regard to this matter. And two, recommend the City Council to accept the addendum to the previously certified 2020 DSP EIR pursuant to the CEQA guidelines at section 15162, attachment 4, and adopt a resolution to amend the general plan and downtown town specific plan, attachment 5. Approve the DSP amendments for Block 20, attachment 4, appendix A, and adopt a resolution to amend figure 3-2 to the land use transportation element of the general plan, attachment 5. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Weiss? I second the motion. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Howard, to your motion. Thank you, Chair. Uh, we have heard this item on December 12th. The City Council heard this item on December 24th. I watched the December 24th hearing. Um, I think that we have done pretty well in the process here. The intention of the city is to provide additional housing and to provide additional housing to place that it makes sense. Uh, and I think that all the hard work that's been done on the behalf of the staff, the applicant, the planning commission, and the city council to date um, has developed a good solution in that regard. Um, I, I, I remember <clears throat> Uh, my my council member, Mr. Uh, Richard Millinger, explained this is a walkable neighborhood. It's served by transit. It's served by Caltrain. It's served by the transit hub. It's, you can walk over Whole Foods. You can walk to Target. If there's any place in the city where you wanted to increase housing density without increasing traffic, this is the place to do it. So you do it downtown. As far as I, I hear the neighbor's concerns that you've got R0 next to R4 next to this DSP Block 20 situation. But what I see is that you're, you're over here on Matilda, you've got these R4 apartments on the side, and you've got R0 over here. So if you're in R0, if, I, if, if I'm on the street, if I'm on tape on Francis, I've got a 15, maybe 20-foot single-family house. Maybe I could get, get a second story. I could go up to 30 feet but they're under historical restrictions, so they're not going to grow up much higher. Then next door, you've got this R4 that's already at 30 feet and could possibly go much, much higher once the redevelopment kicks in. Once you get beyond this wide 30-foot um, apartments in, the, in between, you've got this stuff going on over at Matilda, and then across the street of Matilda, you've got City Hall and all that stuff going on. But if you go 40 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet, and you've got 30 feet, you just look at the geometry there, you're not going to see maybe peeking out over the top of the hotel, uh, 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 over the top of the apartments there, you might see a little bit of the res the developments going up on Matilda, but realistically not. And I do appreciate the residents bringing up the, the, um, the safety of the driveways and being able to walk across the driveways and look at up for cars going back and forth. Um, the gentleman who pointed out that that drive over by Whole Foods. I don't walk over there, but I drive over there, and it's just 
it's a nervous spot. You got to be careful over at the Whole Foods. So that's a good call out. And that's a good development center to keep in mind when we get into the individual projects uh, is making sure that the driveways coming onto and off of Matilda are safe and sane or especially because we've got a bike lane there and the pedestrians. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that we have wide sidewalks. And I think I've spoken enough on this topic. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Howard. Uh, Commissioner Weiss. Thank you, Chair. Um, I agree with all of what Commissioner Howard said. I appreciate the the public input. I think they've been heard. And I, I believe a lot of the concerns have been taken into consideration. I remember meeting with the applicant, seems like many years ago, many years ago, when this was first started. And it's been a long slog since then. Um, going through the reports, I'm going through the analyses, changing things, working with staff. A lot of people have put in a lot of work and have done a lot of listening. And I do believe that this project will work very well in this particular location. So I urge my fellow commissioners to vote yes on this motion. Thank you, Commissioner Weiss. And uh, with, with that, uh, city staff, uh, please conduct a random order voice vote. Commissioner Iglesias? Yes. Commissioner Wise? Yes. Commissioner Cerrone? Yes. Commissioner Shukla? Yes. Chair Pine? Yes. Commissioner Howe? Yes. Commissioner Howard? Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses. Thank you. And uh, this item goes to City Council on uh, February 14th. So one, so that's how Council will be spending their Valentine's Day. Uh, that was the one item under public hearing. So that brings us to non-agenda items and comments. Uh, Commissioner comments. Since you remain in a virtual setting, I will ask my colleagues to use the virtual raise hand feature to indicate that they wish to speak. Do we have any non-agenda items from commissioners? Commissioner Weiss. Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, I would like to ask Sean the um, the status of Sunnyvale's housing element as it was received in Sacramento and um, what's going to happen next with it well that's a good question commissioner <laughs> um I, i'd probably end up having to refer to jenny um but i could gladly update you via email um to let you know the status i know we're getting it ready to bring it back um to to planning commission and city council this spring so i i think we're working on it so that's my understanding or at least planning commission this spring and and that's that's within sacramento's guidelines you're not being penalized for that we are gonna try to get it through within their timelines that is the plan are you at liberty to tell us any of the issues that that were a reason for concern um i don't have any of them off the top of my head um 
I could probably get some info from uh, Jenny and let you guys know at the next meeting with staff comments, if you'd like. Please do so. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Thank you, Commissioner Weiss. Commissioner Howard. Thank you, Chair. Just following up on Commissioner Weiss's question, and maybe this is not a question that staff wants to answer. Are, is Sunnyvale subject to the builder's remedy at this time? Or do we, do we even know? Is that kind of a gray area? Can I refer to the Rebecca for that one? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so you, you've, you probably have read a lot about the builder's remedy in the press. Um, there are not very many cities that achieve the deadline for the housing element. Um, and I, I don't want to, at, at risk of sounding like I'm deferring, I think maybe Maybe, Sean, we could do a study session for them at the next uh, meeting and maybe get Jenny Jenny there. Yeah. Um, it's a complicated issue. That, I don't really want to give that much up again, for sure. <laughs> and, and what I've read is that maybe we're subject to the builder's remedy, but also that would be subject to litigation. So uh, I, I do not envy the position the staff is in at this time trying to figure out these seemingly uncharted waters. So thank you for the comment. Thank you. And I don't see any other commissioner hands. So city staff, do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Uh, just a couple for you. Um, tomorrow night at the city council, we have the, um, auto sales and rental uh, change for El Camino that went uh, to you guys last month. And then um, we will also be at the city council on March 14th, uh, looking at a Perry Park plan review uh, to modify the community benefits. That'll be going to council then. It'll be coming to planning commission um, the day before Valentine's Day on February 13th. Um, so you'll be seeing those two items and then I'll follow up with you guys on the housing information. That's all. Thank you. I feel like council has had one of our items every single session so far, except for the swearing in section. So that's just kind of funny. A busy group. <laughs> so with that, uh, that brings us to adjournment. Uh, this meeting of the Sunnyvale Planning Commission is adjourned at 8.02 p.m. And I want to thank everyone for your participation in tonight's meeting.